They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never thawed a Neanderthal from a gigantic block of ice. But if we did, we're pretty sure he'd look like Brendan Fraser. This is Hysteria 51. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we sing the juice. We sing the juice. No, 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 we sing the juice. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. You know, Brent, I just realized, didn't differentiate whether it would be late 90s, early 2000s, Brendan Fraser, or if it'd be today's Brendan Fraser. That's Brendan (laughs) Fraser. Thank you very much. Um, still, still an attractive man, but it's a different world. Anyway, uh, we are broadcasting, as I was saying, from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. My name is John Goforth, and alongside to unpack this curious case are the silly serenades of Mr. Brent Hand. Uh, John, thanks, I think, but uh, silly serenades, huh? I don't, what do you want me to say? I'm, I'm running out of alliterative synonyms to ramblings. You're also going to run out of oxygen if you keep using words I don't understand. <laughs> Well, then you're you really screwed. are. You really are like uh, that high school bully, threatening to hurt people because they're smarter than you. I know you are, but what am I? Wait. Damn it. Obviously, Seabot <laughs> isn't on his game today, and Kyle is still in the repair shop for his unlikely meeting with the roof. I don't know that I would say unlikely, but uh, yeah, you know, in that's, this, that's what came in, out. <laughs> when, when, when these guys are around, I suppose something like shooting through the roof is right. not unlikely. Yeah, so let's skip the robots for everyone's benefit this week and get to our guest because we have finally a returning guest. We've been in the Plaguelands and we haven't had as many guests, and we're getting back into the swing of things. John, it's been a while since we've had this one on. And I'd like to tell you it's a doozy of a guest, uh, a well-known and well-respected Renaissance man, the kind of guy that other guys want to be like and girls want to be with. I'd like to tell you that, but instead we welcome back Dan Kozu back to the show. <laughs> Dan! Oh, uh, I would like to be right with you gate. and be you. That's just my take. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, you guys. Dan, welcome back. Pay no attention to Brent's. Uh, he's just jealous. Uh, we Welcome back to the world of the weird. How have things been in your pandemic life? Things have been great. I, I thrive in this environment, so I do really well not seeing anybody for months at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he, he lives in the South, so it doesn't exist down there anyway. So he's fine. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah. Denial. The virus forgot to go down there. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking the other day about these episodes where we talk about this. This is if you're listening to this episode in like 2023, right? Like you just went, you're going back catalog, and you want to hear the the Iceman episode. It's got to be so weird. Like, like, oh, that's what they were talking about. You know, when that pandemic was wrapping up, or <laughs> they thought it was wrapping up. <laughs> Dumbasses. Cry, cry, as they, cry. As they, as they listen on like a, uh, a, a tape recorder fashioned like, out of uh, ham radio. Yeah. <laughs> In the ashes of Chicago. Did I hear yeah, a niner? Yeah. What's going on here? What was their, what's their, what's their frequency? So Dan, actually, I'll do your side though. You got a new show coming out yourself. You're not just a guest on our podcast. Now you've got your own little baby in the works. That's absolutely. I wiggled my way onto your podcast mm-hmm. because we uh, we're going to share a, hopefully a similar fan base here. That's right. Desperate preteens. That's that's what John and I are always going for. That's that's what you're going for, right? Oh, I'm shooting uh, for foot fetishists. I'm sorry. I think we got confused. Here. Like I said, desperate preteens. <laughs> I thought. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we were going for all the fans of Denver the Last Dinosaur. Well, I, the, our Denver the Last Dinosaur slash Taylor Dane fan fiction that you work on for us, John, <laughs> is extraordinary if i do say so myself it's really a venn diagram we all uh, we all uh, intersect <laughs> i like to think that the crossroads nay the nexus of space time is taylor dane <laughs> you know what brent stop telling it to everybody else just tell, tell it to my heart tell it to my heart denver tell it 
That's how he ended his last one. I'm not quite sure there was, but he found a whisper font somehow, uh, and he wrote it into his fan fiction. Well, you know, in little known, uh, a little known uh, piece of trivia from that show, the uh, the theme song, which uh, you will now have stuck in your head the rest of the day, Denver, the last dinosaur. He's, He's our friend, friend and, and a whole, whole lot, lot more. <laughs> uh, that was actually penned by Taylor Dane. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, don't Taylor... check. I wouldn't. I don't think they made it public, so I wouldn't Google it. <laughs> so is Taylor but... doing the intro for your show, Dan? Tell us about your non-Taylor Dane centric <laughs> show. Sure. <laughs> Taylor Dane has a lot of ghostwriting, so a lot of theme songs, a lot of jingles. <laughs> Dane was the ghost on Ghostwriter in the 90s for Nickelodeon, <laughs> little known fact. I mean, she was all over the map. <laughs> so, yeah, what's your show, Dan? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, the It's a podcast that, that is coming out called The Extra Mundane with Max Ward. And I am playing Max Ward, who is sort of a Art Bell type character. He hosts a, uh, a interview, a paranormal interview show. But uh, instead of just having uh, like paranormal investigators on, I actually have the ghosts uh, I interview the Mothman. I'm interviewing Bigfoot, and so uh, I- I'm inviting improv comedians on to come, and they That's come on and talk. Awesome. Uh, and so oh, I, just kind I thought of, you meant you were actually going to interview Mothman. Or I wish or I was. Uh, I mean, yes, I am absolutely. Max Max Ward will be interviewing. <laughs> Bigfoot and the Mothman, and uh, but yeah, so that uh, that's the show. We, that's we have a bunch awesome. of episodes already recorded. I'm really excited about it. Uh, you got to get in so. if you ever run out of of guest material. Just go through the Scooby Doo coffers and pull out all their stuff. I remember the one my I always remember is the guy who just screamed Creeper, and they they called him Creeper. So you could have him on there and just scream Creeper <laughs> the entire time. It'd be an easy one to to record, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. We were going to have the Mothman on, but his rider was so ridiculous. I mean, it just just lamps everywhere, and I, we couldn't afford it. Frankly, Luckily, he was in Chicago, year. though, so it was easy to find. It's we true. just couldn't we couldn't swing the rider. I befriended a uh, old widow who's a millionaire, and she's paying for all of this. <laughs> I don't want to say what I have to do for the money, but she's paying for all. Of this. Isn't that everyone? And, and I mean, you goal? T- talk about talk about a person likely to have a lot of lamps. The old widow that lives in the uh, the, the, the big over. Overly sized house for just one person. There's a lot of lamps in there. <laughs> Yet she's always in the shadows. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and why does that wheelchair have like a wicker back on it? Yeah, it's the one with the wheels. big wheels in the front and the little ones in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're a millionaire. Just buy an electric one. But no, she wants me to push her all around in her empty rooms. She always <laughs> says things like query. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, when can we uh, expect it? When's, when are we launching? Uh, first episode comes out May 3rd, and uh, it's on oh, all of the yeah. pl- the podcast platforms. So yep. uh, there's a trailer out now, so you can subscribe now, and then May 3rd uh, will be the first episode, and we're going to do a bi-weekly release. We're going to make it easy for everyone. You just got to go to the links in our description for this episode. You better find everything. So easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as the kids these days say. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty hip. The old millionaire lady says that. <laughs> Query, do they still say that? <laughs> are you going to, just one other question about the show, are you going to have Taylor Dane on? We're talking with management now, so my people are, okay. are reaching out to her, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. One I might say, I dare you to try not to have Taylor Dane on your show, because she's here in spirit with us every time. She's obsessed with the Florida skunk ape, though, so she has, like, <laughs> journals of her huntings down in those swamps of Florida. She's got her tree knockings down, man. She is a tree knocker. But do not bring up the Mongolian Death Eater. Nope. It's just, it's a source you of... You mean Death Worm? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted to call it a Death Eater, too. <laughs> well, maybe... Or is that, maybe is that Harry Potter? I don't know. A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, that's the Harry Potter <laughs> as the Mongolian Death we'll Eater. call him A. We'll call him B. <laughs> Mongolian death worm. It's been a while. All right, Brent, we have a topic tonight. We do. It's a uh, it's a fun one. It's an often requested one. And uh, it's one that has some shades of science, some shades of mystery, and some shades of uh, humanity all over, which means it's kind of disgusting. So I'm excited. Mm. So if you if you weren't spoiled by reading the title of this episode, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Iceman. Yeah. What's that all about? Tell us, John. By the way, by the way, what a missed opportunity for the folks uh, with that uh, that hockey team up there. What do they got? The Minnesota Wild. Yeah, the, that's, the that's Iceman. Such a, 
Yeah. What's a crap name? It should have been the Minnesota Iceman. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, think about the synergies there. (laughs) And the funny part is they wouldn't even be the first hockey team named after a cryptid. Well, no, we got the uh, Seattle now has the Kraken. And and obviously the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. You know, it's they're all over the place now. It's just it it feels like we have opened a door for the world of hockey. That's at least how I pretend to sleep at night. I feel like that's really true. Like, well, I mean, you know, Gary Bettman did write us that letter telling us how much he thought we did to forward the game of hockey in the world, uh, which we appreciated, of course. um, Yeah, he was 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 very nice. Um, uh, I threw it away, though. uh, Yep. I didn't get that (laughs) phrase. Why would you keep it? Why would you keep it? I mean, it's hockey. Anyway, we are on the Minnesota Iceman, and let's start with a passage from the Minnesota Iceman article. From Argosy Magazine, May 1969, written by the Argosy Science Editor, Ivan T. Sanderson. He said, and I quote, Is this the creature that bridges the gap between man and ape? If so, he's the greatest anthropological find in history. And he was alive less than five years ago. I must admit that even I who have spent most of my life in this search, I am filled with wonder as I report the following. Ah, Argosy Magazine. What a simpler time, 1969, <laughs> uh, when you could just have a carnival barker yelling about stuff, and you go, could it be? <laughs> could it be? <laughs> could it be? That's kind of a little bit of a, of a, you know, a tasting of it, but picture, if you will, what we're talking about. Uh, you know what? I want to paint a picture for him. See, about hit us with some ominous background music on it. So a male, human-like figure, roughly six feet tall, with very large hands and feet, covered in a dark brown or reddish hair, three to four inches long, a flattened, upturned nose. All right, stop. You don't have to play the music anymore. They get it. It's weird. But uh, back to it. One of its you arms. You seem to really be enjoying that. I, I don't know what path we were going down. Was that a penthouse forum letter? Or? Uh, three to four inches, you say. One of his <laughs> arms uh, appears to be broken. There could be some like some bone exposed almost. I say appears because you're going to learn it's covered in ice, literally in a yeah, block he's a, of it's ice. It's called the Iceman because he's in a big block of ice. And one oh, of his eyes. Ah, oh, it's not just a clever name. I We used to call Brent. The Illinois Iceman, because of all the natural ice that he used to drink in college. That's like, right. Oh, the Iceman's here. Yeah. Oh, that's bros what I thought this was about. Icing bros, but there was natty ice. You know how it goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other big thing about this guy, real quick. Uh, one eye is missing, and the other appears to have been knocked out of its socket, allegedly by a bullet that is said to have either entered through the back of its head or through the missing eyeball, depending on who you're, you ask and looked at it. And... It was also known, uh, outside of the Minnesota Iceman, the Cyberskoya creature. That is the other name for it. So you might see those the more initiated people out there calling it the Cyberskoya because, you know, that sounds a little more scientific-y, I guess. Or batshit crazy ee. Pick your poison on that one. I'm a scientist. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> that is spot on right there. <laughs> I you know I, I I did say earlier you know it's easy to to hear things from carnival parkers and and, and just go with it. I think Seabot kind of missed his calling as being a carnival barker for a freak show or 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 the like. Who says I wasn't? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess sideshows have went by the wayside, so it doesn't make sense that he had something to do with them. <laughs> they failed. <laughs> Dan John, this aforementioned creature was on display starting in the late sixties, nineteen sixty eight. Dateline is when it kind of started making the rounds. And by rounds, I mean, it was all over. It was traveling the carnival circuit, uh, which Dan used to frequent. Uh, he dated a lot of carnies back in college, if I remember right. Uh, he was just in the It's all I wanted. Yeah. You, you know what? Oh, so, you know, Dan, you were like a carny groupie? Absolutely. I no, liked, no, no. Uh, the news called him a carny groper. <laughs> <laughs> I went from town to town, and then they would kick me out. <laughs> Until they didn't. Oh no! Like a, it's like being a fish fan, but uh, yeah. instead I harassed the bearded lady <laughs> and the lobster boy. <laughs> well, I mean, fish did have that song, "Wolfman's Brother." I mean, <laughs> that could fit in, right? Anyway, all right. So you got this thing traveling around the carnival scene, and for a nominal fee, which is one of my favorite things in the world, for a nominal fee, you could feast your eyes upon 
the Minnesota Iceman. And the reason we're still talking about it today is because some still claim it's not at all an elaborate hoax, but the real deal missing link. And some people say, well, we know it was just a a fake, a, a, a stuffed animal or, you know, a, a dumb puppet. Well, a replacement was put in its place years ago for reasons we're going to reveal to you. And you're going to have to make up your own decision on this one. And then you can listen to ours because I'm pretty sure we've already made up our minds. <laughs> so enter the promoter, the man uh, who was in charge. John, tell us about Frank Hansen. Oh, Frank. So the short and the sweet of it is, well, there is no short and sweet because the story changed constantly. From, but he said the Minnesota Iceman was discovered in a region of Siberia. Originally, he at least said this, that the Iceman was discovered in a region of Siberia and that he was acting as its caretaker for an absentee owner he described as a quote eccentric california millionaire yeah it was this lady and uh she was in a wheelchair she had lots of lamps (laughs) (laughs) query eccentric every time i read that quote i'm like uh black gold texas tea yeah i eccentric is uh is now usually used for when people like pee in public. You know, it used to mean something so much more fun. This is just one of those people that ask you to watch their cat and then they just never come back. Yeah, like, oh man, I do like mittens, but come on. So he was put in charge of this thing, and uh, and and he thought of nothing else to do but join the carny circuit. Right. So was he already in the carny circuit? Well, he was. Oh, yeah, to an extent, yes. He was. Okay. He was displaying other things. The, the story goes. That one or one of the stories from him was that he he was going around showing people some other oddity, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like all that weird, you know, like a oh, check out the bearded man. Wait, it's a man with a beard. Okay. Uh, it, Here's an the, albino but, with a beard. Well, that happens. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's a short um, man with really large feet. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, can you guess his shoe size? Could it be? No. Uh, so, so, but apparently the um, the owner, the the finder of of this artifact, of this Ice Man, came to uh, came to Frank and said, "Have I got something for you?" And basically said, "You take care of this for me, and you can you can tour it around, you can do whatever, make money on it. I don't care. I just I don't know what to do with it or how to take care of it, etc." Yeah, and you, like you said, so the first thing you do is you throw it on the carny circuit, and you, that gets you around at the time. <laughs> There's no internet, you know, so you might as well. The piece that sticks out in this one, we're going to break this stuff down some more, but sticks out and people really hang on to is while searching for evidence of Bigfoot in '68 when this happened, these two cryptozoologists. Ivan Sandstrom and Bernard Huvelmans examined the Iceman in Hansen's house trailer <laughs> in Altura, Minnesota, and concluded that it was the genuine creature. He had two people that do have scientific backgrounds, so to speak, and they said they found putrefaction uh, where some of the flesh had been exposed from melted ice. They had said that the, the whole thing, the freezer, was covered in this uh, thick glass and it cracked as they were leaning and looking at it. Well, so and so yeah, uh, and then it. and then they decided they that the glass was too cloudy, so they needed to get some lights in there to to get better pictures. And one of them knocked over one of the lights, and it cracked and it melted the ice. And they actually got down to like like how fucking <laughs> bad of a scientist or investigator do you have to be when the like the only thing you would know not to do is fuck up the ice in something that's been frozen for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, you would think so, but hey, science. And they, Or they're like, we actually really want to get to it, so let's pretend that we tripped and broke this, and then now we're going to yeah, thaw yeah. it. Oops. <laughs> because this was all done with it frozen, because fuck unthawing for science. We got a carny money pile to make, so we're not going to unthaw this thing. And then rethawed and unthawed. No, it stays frozen. Fuck you. I got $2,600 to make in Tallahassee in three weeks. So uh, the eventual, now this is the short and sweet. Like you said, the eventual Iceman was a fake because they do know the, the eventually they, they got it in, well, in February 2013. Uh, it was reportedly auctioned on eBay. The listing reads, this is the actual sideshow gaff build as the Minnesota Iceman by Frank Hansen in 1960s. This is a one-of-a-kind hoax that was fabricated by a mid-20th century showman. And uh, it was purchased uh, by the Austin, Texas Museum of the Weird. Uh, the owner there was this guy named Steve Busty. 
and he's got it on public display again. But that one was definitely not real, but people swear it was switched out, which leads us to, in no particular order, a few questions that we're going to go over. Uh, Where did it go? Uh, Why? Why fake it? Why, if real, is there no real analysis? Why do people still hold on to the story? Uh, What was it? Where did it come from? And if real, I figure this is important, did Seabot have anything to do with its death? Probably not, but we should cover our bases for litigation purposes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a worthwhile question to ask. Also, we'll talk more about it later, but a little a little preview. So we, we mentioned that uh, the one thing that didn't change about Frank Hansen's story for a while, and then it did change, but um, at first it was I became the caretaker. Someone came to me, the eccentric California millionaire, and rumor has it that California millionaire was none other than your favorite and mine. Uh, who, who, who? Who was it? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Uh, it was not the first time that we've talked about Jimmy Stewart on here with the Yeti or the Bigfoot, because remember, he had the finger. The he finger. had the finger, yeah. That ended up being like a yak bone or something like that, but goddamn, it's a Bigfoot <laughs> finger. Yeah, we're going to break that down a little bit more for you. We're going to do that after the break. It's time uh, Dan has to tinkle, so you know we we oh, worked that the whole time. He, we worked that into his writer, so we'll be back <laughs> yeah, with more hysteria fifty one. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to him, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. 
Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Chicken bread pan, order up. I think the, <laughs> I think the best place to start uh, is kind of where we stopped, eBay. Because who does it? You can really buy anything on eBay. So let's start with, I, I, I gave you a little taste. Let's read the actual eBay listing from 2013. This is the actual Sideshow Gaff build as the Minnesota Iceman by Frank Hansen in the 1960s. This is a one-of-a-kind hoax that was fabricated by a mid-20th century showman. The Iceman was featured in an issue of Argosy Magazine. Uh, we talked about that in the very beginning, and John read you a little bit of it. Uh, and as you can see in the pictures, it spawned decades of debate as to its authenticity. For around 40 years, the whereabouts of the Iceman were unknown to the cryptozoology community. The creature, while under ice, baffled the famous zoologist and so-called father of cryptozoology, Bernard Hoovelmans, who examined it in its heyday. Stories circled as to the origin of the creature ranging from a hunter shot in the great north woods to it was killed during wartime in Southeast Asia, and even that it was floating in the ocean encased in its own signature block. It is thought that the creature was actually crafted by one of Disney's early Imagineers. Regardless of who actually did create it, the quality is flawless, and it has stood up remarkably well to the rigors of time and repeated freezings. The chest freezer that is housed in, unfortunately, is not operational at this time. It's been looked at by a licensed refrigeration contractor who determined that the compressor needs to be replaced. A new custom sheet of glass was added in September of 2012. Thanks a lot, assholes, back in the day. The housing is extremely heavy, upwards of 1,000 pounds, and is approximately 4 foot by 4 foot by 8 feet. This listing includes the rolling freezer container, the creature, and the original signage. Buyer will need to either arrange to pick up the item in Minnesota or arrange for shipping. Follow the link, blah, 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 blah. Any questions, please feel free to email. Now, even this eBay listing was famous because the show Shipping Wars actually covered the shipping of this thing. And my favorite thing is they didn't even worry about keeping it frozen at all like by the time it got there it was beat to crap even more than it already was but they did an episode well they didn't care anyway because apparently they're like well our compressor's broken we don't like, yeah. We're not going to buy a new freezer. Jesus I mean, Christ, what are we, made of money here? Those things are like $600. Who's going <laughs> to mess with that? I got deer meat in my other one. I'm not going to take that out. <laughs> we can eat that. Seriously, that that was the thing that stuck out, stuck out to me about the eBay listing. Like, okay, it's called the Iceman, but we've let it thaw, and now it's just sitting there Several rotting times. in its own nastiness. Um, but, yeah, come buy it. But it's not rotting, <laughs> thank God, because all it was was uh, a uh, – a prop and they even come out and say this is the prop here it is and they said that the the pictures which you can see they match the compressed not the compressor but the freezer and the glass that everything looks exactly like the original um if this was the original ice man or not though if the, the original one was taken out and this prop was put in well that's the big question and uh, many say it was not because the real one was real, and and there's reasons, reasons that we're going to get into why they did that. <laughs> now, now, by by the way, the it being the prop, the one that that recently came to light in the you know twenty twenty teens, it is up for debate whether it's actually the prop or not. So, um, fast forward to uh, you can go view the Ice Man today, Texas baby. 
Yeah, yeah, at the Texas Museum of the Weird or some shit like that. And it's on ice, and you, you can just go in and view it. And they claim that the Smithsonian has renewed interest in investigating because it is the actual specimen that they have and not the prop. Uh, Wait, who has what? Wait, so the, the Smithsonian says they have the original? No, no, no. The the Texas Museum of the Weird or whatever it's called, it's something like that. Okay. Um, uh, claims to have like, it was it was bought by this guy uh, who had been basically researching the Iceman since the story originally came out in the Argosy uh, magazine, and like so it was like a it was like a childhood dream of his to like own the Iceman, and then he was able to buy it, and uh, he was also able to buy the sign that. Frank originally, you know, put over the Iceman, you know, the Minnesota Iceman, 35 cents or whatever it is. And uh, and he bought both of these things and they're in this museum. Oh, and so he's the, saying this isn't the prop after the first one disappeared. This is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, saying, this is the, first the thing one. Yes. he bought that they said was a prop, he's now saying is real. And this is, guess what? Uh, someone else is making those claims. It's a podcast called Hysteria 51. I've got it in my freezer for $1,800 <laughs> a pop. You guys can come in and throw darts at it. Um, I'm not going to freeze a, uh, it for reasons. I have a broken Teddy Ruxpin in a block of ice. If anybody wants that too, it's. <laughs> I more just want to know the story behind it, but uh... I'm not sure why. But it's got a Hanson tape in it. Not that Hanson, different Hanson, but it's got a Hanson. Different Hanson. Uh, the the thing about this is, if this is real, as they were reporting it, let's go back to the past of the 1960s. This could really be the missing link. It, you know, we're looking at Bigfoot, a non-homo sapien Neanderthal type thing, or it could have also been a deformed human, possibly. Who knows? You know, it, it would bear the question of it needs to be researched on an actual scientific level. And that's the that's that's a really good point. Like it needs to be researched. It never really was researched well. Like they weren't there weren't tissue samples taken and analyzed. Like one of the one of the main questions is. Is this, uh, to the point of, uh, of the thing that we read earlier from Argosy, uh, is this really uh, something that was killed in the 20th century? Or is this something, like, like, like assuming that there ever was a real creature in there, or is it from 300 years ago and was just trapped in ice the whole a time? A modern-day corpse. Or 3,000 A modern-day corpse of a human hominid, human-like, preserved in a block of ice, uh, if it was encountered for real by researchers in the 1960s would be the zoological discovery of the century. The fact that they then just throw it in a carnival for, for pennies uh, is just the human way. But let's, Dan, <laughs> I got a question. Why then, and let's pretend this was real for a second. Would a, why do you think, would a person not let experts actually study it? Um, is there any real reason if real, you would not allow someone to actually do a real investigation. Well, I I would say I wouldn't want them taking taking it away from me, taking credit for it, because I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get by, making spending making people spend money to view a guy in ice, and and these scientists want to take it away and claim well, it as their own well, discovery. Well, don't let them take it. Don't let them take it. Harry <laughs> <laughs> took my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Those sons of bitches! I can I cannot do a Jimmy Stewart, but it's fun to try. <laughs> I can barely do a Brent Hand. Uh, anyway, <laughs> John, I mean, what do you think? Is there is there a real reason? I think that would be the, the big one for me too. Is I don't want you to take it. That seems like the, for pretty much the only reason because you know at the end of the day, he's using it for monetary gain, and so if they take it, he can no longer. You know, he might get the accolades of, of, of discovering it or whatever, but he wasn't in it for that. He was in it for the movie. Right. right, right. Um, so, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a sideshow huckster and you have something that interests people, you're going to continue down the path that allows you to charge people to check it out. So, I mean, yeah, like, like that's the and, and there I mean, there are examples of that throughout history where the carnivals of the world, the P.T. Barnums of the world got their hands on real cool shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was mm-hmm. lots of that going around with with people who, who you know, there, there was tons of um, grave robbings from like Egypt. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, there's a there's a, a random traveling carnival in the States in Mississippi that's got. You know, the staff of Ra or something. <laughs> and it like, turns out to be that, real. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, but they were making a buck fifty every time somebody looked at it. So they're like, fuck it. And for the most part, the live specimens of sideshows were people who, who did have uh, impairments of some kind that were 
yeah, it was their way to make a living back in the day. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 The the and there's that man. There is a whole there's a whole path we could go down there. Google and then, gobble, you know, Google uh, gobble one of us. Oh, one of love us. that movie. Yeah, you know. everybody remembers that Darwin discovered like the Galapagos turtles, but nobody remembers Gary, the guy who thawed the turtles out. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> that's fucking right. But yeah, so I think Brent, to answer your question, I think I think that's the answer. If if there was a real thing, you know, why wouldn't they do? Why wouldn't he do the right thing? And the answer is so they wouldn't take it, so he could continue to make money. That was the point I was making at the beginning about you, humans got all over this. Money will just make <laughs> putting a lot of shit to the side. Money can make you do a lot of stuff. They also broke it and melted it, so that's not really uh, right. a good sign. I'm going to send it. Let these guys take it away. Right? They screwed it well, already. We, we're, we're talking about those never examined. Well, it was examined, sort of. Let's break that down a little bit more. The, the specimen was brought to the attention of those two cats we told you, those cri- uh, cryptozoologists. Early cryptozoologists. Ivan Sanderson and uh, Bernard Hoovel. Yeah. So they were founding figures of cryptozoology or modern cryptozoology. And Sanderson authored material on paranormal subjects and wrote fiction under the pen name Terrence Roberts. And you can find a lot of his stuff. Hoovelman's, he had a 1958 book on the track of unknown animals. And it's often regarded as one of the most influential zoological, cryptozoological texts. And... These two investigated the frozen thing, and they're the ones who came out and said it was real. And they said it showed signs of decay because uh, they could smell it when it broke. And it was the quote-unquote missing link. All done through looking through ice with no real contact. <laughs> and Hoogelman published a 1969 paper on it uh, in a Belgian scientific journal identifying it as a new species of the human genus that he named Homo... Pongoids, P-O-N-G-O-I-D-E-S, meaning ape-like man. Uh, and then he later modified his proposal, arguing that uh, uh, that was a, f- a form of living Neanderthal. Yeah, I think he actually said that it, uh, uh, it, the tree there was a Neanderthal that had actually like de-evolved. Yeah, went backwards. Uh, Taking a step backwards. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. The problem with these two, and these are the, the, the cats that people throw into their ring because they were the, the two that investigated, they had scientific background. They wanted to find Bigfoot. They went there yep. to find Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sanderson particularly was kind of a catch-all believer, science be damned, uh, when you go into his his um background and history so can we take dan any of this research as fact or i mean can you when that's your what you're going there for you know i gotta be honest thinking about like the de evolve like the de evolution sounds really strange but then i've been inside for a year and i've completely de evolved <laughs> i have a huge beard i don't eat off a plate anymore i'm an ape man now like, his so yeah i completely only one buy two that. inches covering his body not three to four yet but he's getting there so, routinely pees in the yard yeah it's a whole thing i think most of us have de-evolved and i so i absolutely believe it now <laughs> the, the so the interesting this is this is one of the points in the story that i definitely wanted to make a point and kind of stop for a second okay um the, it, it i am not saying what we'll get to our uh, full opinions at the end what i am not saying here is that there was never um some sort of humanoid in ice that was seen by Frank and others. I'm not saying that that didn't exist, okay? But what I am saying is that a lot of the facts and logic collide and fall apart with for me here. Because if you don't want to share it with people, why do you invite research researchers in at all? And if you do want to share it with people or you do want some somebody to to um, back up your claims, why would you grab two people that are doing this thing called cryptozoology that no one's ever heard of at the time, but the one thing you do know is they search for Bigfoot. Like, that is, it strikes me as that is not the best way to go about uh, obtaining credibility, and boy, did they did, did they follow through. I mean, you talk about two guys, <laughs> it was like fucking Laurel and Hardy in there trying to examine this uh, examine this frozen dude. Yakety Sacks was know, playing on repeat right behind them. Seriously. And so, like, like, why, it just, it all falls apart. Like, why, why in the fuck would you bring these people in if you want credibility? If you don't want credibility, why would you bring researchers in at all? Mm-hmm. Why would you just, con- just continue to uh, uh, charge people? Like, I, we don't, don't, I don't know. We don't know if he did try and get credible scientists who were like, I'm not driving to Minnesota in the winter to look at 
your hoax. <laughs> like, right. You probably, these could be the only guys that said yes. We'll take you well, up on th- that. And that might have been true initially. Well, the, but yeah. Then, yeah. Then they did get some some quote unquote real scientists involved. John Napier, a primatologist at the Smithsonian Institution, examined it as well. Yeah, and now he was he was also you would have thought uh, their bread and butter, at least Hansen's bread and butter, because he had a serious interest in crypto hominids. He was trying to track down crypto hominids. But which on the surface, crypto hominids um, as a research subject are probably a little bit more interesting to mainstream science than other cryptozoological oddities because. What we do know, we, we have discovered various, uh, the other hominids, you know, uh, the w- one that came to mind that I think that we've, we've learned a lot more through DNA evidence more recently, the Denisovans, you know, the, the, the point is that we, we're still searching for the missing link. Well, then so me and my children, we Homo know, Superior, uh, also, which is just coming out, but yeah, keep going, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But the the point is that obviously we we know that there's stuff we don't know when it right. comes to uh, uh, various hominids mm-hmm. that were running around North America and elsewhere. So I, I you know just, but the point I'm trying to make is like even the guy from the Smithsonian's like okay well let's you know maybe this is a Denisovan maybe this is a you know another hominid let's learn more which is a lot different than saying you know I've got the uh, New Jersey Devil here. Well, and he was invited to examine it. And he came back saying it was a latex model for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other. That's the other great part about this story. It's like, no, please come add some credibility. Um, oh, did I forget to mention it's a mannequin? We already took the real one. Oh, away. <laughs> not so fast. Hanson oh. had an explanation for this, and it was simple. John, you're kind of giving that away. You see, he had pulled the original genuine specimen from display due to fear of being found guilty of killing. What uh, might have been a former human. Now, this is actually what's interesting about this. Ole Sanderson, he had really thought this was the real deal. And he did not want Hansen trucking this thing around. He wanted it for study. So he starts calling the State Department and everywhere saying, hey, this guy's got a body. He's got a bullet wound. He's got a dead body. The problem was they didn't give a shit. (laughs) He didn't stop him. <laughs> he's going over the Canadian border. He's coming back. And they're like, oh, yeah, it looks like you got a latex uh, monkey suit and some ice. You're fine. Keep going. And, but Sanderson's calling everyone, trying to get him stopped. So Hansen says, I realized that uh, I was going to get caught and get in trouble, so I switched it out. And then what Napier saw was was not what Sanderson and Hoovelmans had examined. Uh, the pics they saw looked different and everything. And in fact, there are photos that showed over the years, and the face of the body has moved a lot, but Hansen just said, well, that was because uh, in the beginning it would thaw and unthaw, or then it was the suit that got moved around. Um, yeah, especially sometimes the mouth is open, sometimes the mouth is closed. When it is open, you can see it's got teeth. My Iceman isn't here, it's at Bill's house and Tom's house. Yeah, you know, the, the pose changes from freezing and unfreezing, and you, you, you switch out the... the fake one as it gets dinged and, and thing hansen had an answer for everything is what when I mean. you consider when you consider can you uh, say the could it of, be could, could it be could it be no but when, <laughs> when you th- when you think about the amount of times that according to all of these various stories like added together this thing was thawed and unthawed it would be a meat puddle it would. I mean, this thing would have disintegrated so fucking quickly it, 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 if 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 it truly had been thawed and unthawed that many times. Interesting and sat you there say that, though, because Dan played slide trombone and meat puddle back in college. <laughs> it was just at the tail end of ska, and we just we oh we would have been huge. <laughs> they had they had a, they had what they thought was a hit in a song called Front Water. <laughs> that was a uh, that was a deep cut for you meat puppets. Oh, uh, meat puppets, huh? Oh, man. Let's go to break again. And when we come back, we're going to talk well, a little bit more Frank Hansen and then give you our thoughts on this this meat puppet. What did you say? Meat puddle? Meat puddle with full puddle. front water. <laughs> That's coming up next on Hysteria 51. Nation, we want pictures of your dogs. That's just a personal request from me, but while you look for a good one, let me tell you about something near and dear to mine Brent's hearts. Your dog's health. 
You may have noticed lots of dogs suffering from health issues these days. Joints, odors, it's not good. Actress Katherine Heigl noticed these issues too, and after a ton of research, there was one place she found we can look to support any dog's health. Their food. So she created Superfood Complete, food for your four-legged friend that's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet, including several superfoods vital to your dog's health. Her company, Badlands Ranch, also supports the Jason Debus Heigl Foundation, which has helped rescue thousands of dogs and place them in loving homes. Now, I know Brent has used Superfood Complete with his lovable meatballs, and they absolutely love it. He said it's easy to prepare, both his guys grow crazy for it, and he loves knowing what he's giving them is healthy and full of ingredients that are actually beneficial to his little rapscallions. You can try it for yourself by going to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria today. I wasn't paying attention like normal but I did hear something about a meat puddle. I can get behind that. Most of you need to be meat puddles ASAP. See, though useless and dangerous around water, he still can be part of the conversation. I, well, I just, I love that it uh, all it revolves around is, is killing more human beings. Yeah, well, everyone's got a hobby. It is a party to him. Yeah, well, John, tell us a little bit more about Frankie. Oh, Frank. Oh, not, not Chris Hansen. Not Chris, but about, Frank. Not Chris Hansen, no. Even more about Frank Hansen. We mentioned he claimed that he was the temporary you know, protector or ward of the body and that it belonged to the undisclosed owner who might or might not have been Jimmy Stewart. Again, if, if you remember correctly, owned or at least claimed to own a Bigfoot finger at one point. And although it was not a Bigfoot finger, let's not get facts get in the way of a good story. I think they didn't figure that out until he was dead, though. So he went to the grave <laughs> thinking that he had a finger. I don't know that I don't, I don't know that I believe he is dead. <laughs> he's oh, he's see, on a machine with Disney you see, somewhere. You just you just you just, just sidestep death and then and then you walk past him nicely. <laughs> Miss me, you son of a bitch. I don't even know. <laughs> Miss me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, uh, Frank loved to tell the story of the Iceman, but he also loved to tell multiple versions of it. It changed frequently. At one point, he claimed the body had been discovered floating in a block of ice off the Siberian coast uh, by a Russian seal hunting vessel. Then he went on to say that a Japanese whaling ship found the body. And then even later, he went on to talk about a a deep freeze facility that it was found in in Hong Kong. That's believable. I'll give him that, actually. <laughs> True. And and later still, he said that the animal had been had been shot on a hunting trip in the Whiteface Reservoir region of Minnesota, and so that he had actually been involved in it. And when he said that, he was saying that no longer was he like actually the uh, uh, ward, open but he fire! was he was in you know yeah uh, they, you know they thought they thought yeah. what what were you thinking. So you, you saw something on two legs walking upright, and you thought, let's shoot that in the head and see what happens. <laughs> Maybe I'm starting to believe his fear of the cops. Right. Anyway, the, the most popular idea about the body's origin is that it was collected in Vietnam and flown to the United States in a body bag. It was... <laughs> Big fucking body bag, man. There's ice all around it. <laughs> it was connected with the story of a of a quote unquote huge ape killed in Da Nang, Vietnam in nineteen sixty-six, supposedly close to where Hansen had been stationed during the war. Hansen, you want this thing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. Can I bring it home with us? Sure. We we haven't we don't have any protocols against that. So <laughs> what he fails to mention is when it got encased in a block of ice. Yeah, yeah. Well, Everyone knows that uh, Vietnam in 1966 was unseasonably cold. So <laughs> it happened yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the thing I love about this story is its connection to the present or almost present. I feel like this was the prototype Rick Dyer. Now, if you guys aren't familiar, on August 12th of 2008, 
Uh, these cats, Matthew Witten and Dyer, they they released a press release that, and they went on the radio shows about how uh, this Sasquatch detective he he claimed himself was uh, he was announcing that they had the dead Bigfoot body in their possession. Harry, no! <laughs> Bigfoot in a block of ice. And Di- Dyer went around, he, he called himself a, a self-stylized master tracker of Bigfoot. Just like Joe Peck. Exactly like Joe Peck. Exactly like Joe Peck, and, and, that's and right. And guess what? Uh, Jerry Perino, owner of Internet Halloween Costumer retail site, thehorrordome.com, said that what they were showing definitely looks like our costume after viewing it on, on tires, uh, pages, and, and everywhere he was releasing it. Notice, notice the elastic strap that goes around the front of the face <laughs> and the back of the head. Yep, that's my work, all right. <laughs> and after further inspection, uh, it was confirmed that the corpse was, in fact, a costume stuffed with possum roadkill entrails and slaughterhouse leftovers. Weird. That is my go-to on cheat day. <laughs> my favorite part is after being exposed, Dyer said that an unnamed government agency confiscated the real body. And believing that he needed to produce something, he fabricated the hoax. Boom. Called it. That's it, Stop. Now, that's your first time of coming out. You know, fool me once, fool me twice. Why not? Why not keep going? Here we go. Dyer did it again. Four short years later, in 2012, he claimed to have killed a Bigfoot-like creature in San Antonio, Texas, in early September. As you do, <laughs> according to old Ricky, he lured Bigfoot out using pork rinds from Walmart, doused in a special barbecue sauce that he attached to trees. We call it the meat puddle. so far i'm with them because i dig some pork rinds and everyone goes to walmart (laughs) you there are there are scores of podcast hosts swarming these woods Uh, you guys uh, hey is that is that chris is that chris cogswell over there (laughs) i mean it's weird it's hanging from a tree but i really i really think i should reach out and eat some Uh, here we go (laughs) pay no attention to that hook So he told Esquire magazine, we nailed him all around trees, and then that night we heard Bigfoot come back. I chased him down in the middle of the night, and I shot him once. He ran. I shot him again. And he claimed that an unnamed university in Washington State had tested the creature's DNA and told old Ricky it was an unknown species. He stated, DNA, DNA sequencing, scans, autopsies, everything you can imagine has been done or is being done. And he announced on his Facebook page that Hank, By the as he called it, <laughs> university. Can uh, I say your name? I'd rather you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, then Dyer announced on his Facebook page that Hank, as he, he liked to refer to it, was indeed a fake. In fact, what? Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box in Washington admitted that he had manufactured Hank at Dyer's request uh, out of latex and foam and camel hair. And he had actually told him to make the prop. Uh, it was, it was going to be for a movie about killing Bigfoot, and he wanted a baby Bigfoot and female to be created too. And here's a quote from Russell. He said, I was asked to make the prop look like a poorly made, old, and rotten taxidermy prop that had not been preserved correctly. Dyer did send photos and drawings taken from the internet and asked for certain features to be replicated. But Dyer maintains that he actually does have the body of a real Bigfoot. He shot and killed. He just can't produce it right now for us. He will eventually, just not right now. They went on to ask him how big the actual Bigfoot that he has is, <laughs> and he replied, You know, this thing was so huge, it was, you know, bigger than a Walmart. So, I mean, it, it's a, that's a large Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, my God. I bought the other hoax, his second hoax on eBay, oddly enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the best place for it. So this cat, Benjamin Radford, a deputy editor of Skeptic Magazine's Skeptical Inquirer, stated, If Bigfoot researchers wish to be taken seriously, they could start by cleaning their own house. The biggest threat to their credibility is not skeptics nor a ridiculing public, but instead those who provide an endless stream of bogus claims and evidence. Dan, over under on this. He's right about that. Number one, uh, was this ever real? And number two, is Bigfoot out there? Iceman, or are we talking Iceman, or the other guy we were just talking about? <laughs> now, do you think that the Iceman was real originally, the, right. the original Iceman? And, I, uh, I have a theory. Okay. I, you got to stick with me, but I have, a, I have a theory. So, shot in the back of the head, auburn hair, 
Kennedy was only assassinated a few years before this, and then suddenly an auburn-haired man who was shot in the back of the head shows up in a block of ice. And Kennedy was notoriously had gigantic hands. So, look, all I'm saying so is... It's, was Kennedy like a were-ape, and after he actually died, his body reverted to its its original form, much like when you kill a, uh, a werewolf? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And he wasn't shot through the heart with a steel bullet, just uh, through the head, so... With a lead bullet. No, I'm lead, lead, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's where I'm going with it. I'm I'm sold. Oh man. Do you think Bigfoot could be out there? Just the the, the thought of Bigfoot, the, the cryptid. I, I I honestly I honestly believe that something could exist. I don't think every evidence captured of them is a Bigfoot, but I, I do believe that this world has not been explored enough that we that we could have missed something. Well, we, we sure, we, not me, I do most of my investigation in the refrigerator, but uh, <laughs> people are finding new species all the time, and I, I, I kind of dig that too, like, not everything that out, that came out is, you know, BS and hubbub, and it's a big world out there, kids, so, I don't know. John, you got any, any faith in this? And part of the problem with the Iceman story, like, I, I, this is one I want to believe, but I just can't, because... Every time somebody else came out and said something, he's like, oh, well, that's true, but I have a good explanation he's for it. You've got to keep him off the smell trail, like, Johnny. You know, it's like, when you're, it's like when you're a kid. Did you break the vase? No, I had nothing to do with it. Someone else comes out and says, well, I saw him knock it over. Okay, well, I did break it, but what you didn't see was the dog push me. <laughs> you know, like like there's always just a, 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 a mitigating circumstance. Like the uh, we you mentioned br- briefly earlier one of the first i forget the guy's name imagineers uh th- these are these are prop creators mm-hmm. for yep. disney created the the latex fake you know Iceman, and um and and he he raised his hand and said yeah i did i did do that mm-hmm. that that is my work i created that thing it's completely fake and you know i don't know what this guy's talking about and so then then our our hero of the story frank comes back out and says no 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 I commissioned him to do that. You don't seem to understand. I commissioned him to do that when I had to go hide the body because I was going to get, you know, charged with murder. (laughs) And the guy's like, no, no, I just created it. I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. And so, like, the problem is that, like, at every turn, the story changes. And at every turn, anyone involved with it, except for the original investigators, the cryptozoologists, are like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. I you know I I I would I do not have a hard time imagining that there is some uncategorized upright walking ape that you know even perhaps still a couple of them roam the Pacific Northwest. I doubt it. I think more along the lines of uh you know maybe that still existed in the 1800s and that's probably what has has you know led to all of these these rumors and in, in the beginning of all of this and so so when i hear about an ice man that we don't necessarily know the origin story of and it could be 100 years old or a couple hundred years old like okay like uh now i'm I, i'm interested i'm intrigued but this particular story just doesn't have me so yeah, i'm with you there well no okay so the ice man yes is fake but my canadian girlfriend who couldn't be on the show tonight she was supposed to be on she <laughs> got grounded so that's why i couldn't like she, she was Last supposed to be on the minute call modeling but... gig you know how those pop up exactly so. <laughs> that's why i get it things happen man that's why he had to lie and, or, and produce the fake it's true it's true it's easier to lie than you know to tell the truth at all <laughs> all turns what do you guys think nation how can they tell us john they can go to our facebook discussion group hysteria nation just hop on facebook search hysteria nation join up and we talk about all kinds of fun things like this Iceman, like the Mothman. We will not be talking in any way, shape, or form about Dan's new podcast, but everything <laughs> else is on the table. So go to Facebook.com and search <laughs> Hysteria Nation. Uh-huh. Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That's our regular Facebook page. Patreon. Patreon.com slash Hysteria 51. You can get up all night's mad, blurry hysterias, lots of radio dramas, all sorts of fun stuff. And if you want to hear yourself on the show, voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. John, let's play some. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get back into voicemails. Uh, it's been too long. Let's listen to the first one. Um, hi guys, this is Ivory Rosebud. Um, I'm usually a hysteria nation. Uh, 
person there. Um, anywho, I've been listening to a lot of these shows. I mean, this is like my fifth time cycling through because every Holy time cow. I listen to this shit, it's just hilarious no matter what I'm listening to. Even with the super serious soul. stuff, you guys somehow make it funny and entertaining with all the facts that I'm looking for. But what I really wanted to um, say tonight I knew there was a and like coming. every night. How much did you pay this poor work. girl? It's been a tough time. And uh, congratulations on being, you know, nominated because <laughs> that's super great. And, you know, it's extra hilarious how GoForth is always like, here's, I'm the host and here's my co-host. But, you know, Brent was always nominated for Chicago, oh, Chicago best, Tribune. So, I mean, just to throw a little shade. Have a good night, fellas. <laughs> Deuce. <sighs> she threw some shade there, John. She did. Well, I mean, you know, that's what happens when you have 16 bot accounts that nominate you. I, I get it. <laughs> I it's do no, have to say, no I'm going to throw a little bit of shade here. Uh, we lost Best Chicago Podcast, and I lost Best Chicago Podcast Host to the guy... Who whose company was running the the, the competition? <laughs> the oh. guy from uh, the Chicago Reader, their show won, and their their host won for best host. I mean, that is Chicago politics <laughs> completely. <laughs> so it makes perfect sense. So all is well and chugging along in Chicago. <laughs> it tracks. But regardless of the shade, thanks for the awesome. thanks for the kind words. Thanks yeah, for the no, voicemail. Absolutely. Let's listen to the next one. Hi guys, my name's Caleb. I love the work that you guys do. You guys do a great job being both entertaining and informative. So much so that I've even got my wife listening to it now and she enjoys it as well. Um, there was one episode idea I wanted to recommend and that was looking into this uh, real life plan to introduce hippos into Louisiana to eat up flowers that were blocking uh, streams. And the two guys that were involved in it, there's a really good uh, article out there on it. Um, it gets into spies. It gets into hunting each other in the wilderness during the Boer Wars. It's just crazy. So uh, straight up you guys' alley. Anyway, keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. I had heard of that, but I didn't know that was real. I just assumed. Do you know anything about that, Dan? Do you remember that? I, it, it triggered something where I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember, like, Coast to Coast AM or something talking about it. I don't remember, but I... I barely remember something about that hippos are like the most dangerous and they kill the most humans uh other than like uh, mosquitoes on the planet so let's release them in our waterways (laughs) i love it so i don't i don't know i don't know that story at all however uh, i might have mentioned this on an old episode that there was another fun hippo story uh in mexico uh so or not i'm sorry uh columbia Pablo Escobar uh, had his own um, zoo, essentially, that he you know, just bought a bunch of animals off the black market for his kids. And, uh, I mean, at one point, he even his daughter asked for a unicorn, and not kidding, he stapled oh. a horn to a fucking horse's head. Anyway, the point is that he, uh, he brought in a bunch of hippos, and he eventually got found and got killed and you know was uh and and all of his assets were collected and like nobody did anything about a lot of the zoo animals and the main one that they didn't do anything about were the hippos and nobody could figure out what to do with them because they're really fucking dangerous and they're really fucking big and so they just left them and now there is a whole crew of hippos running around Colombia. obviously not a place that they uh, uh normally inhabit uh, because uh, and they are all descendants of Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos. <laughs> well, it, it's like the the 90, 1994 or whatever it was when the hurricane destroyed the snake habitat and all those snakes got out in Florida and it just so happens they can only oh Hurricane Andrew they can yeah. only survive in a uh, a climate that's like the, the the rainforest and shit. Well, guess what? Florida, perfect. And now it's Everglades, just full of rock pythons and giant crap and anacondas and shit out there, I guess. You know, so Florida, uh, just Florida, being Florida. Maybe we should do an episode just on misplaced hippos. <laughs> like we could do, we could do Louisiana. Well, I'll tell you who's not we misplaced, could do... John. Fiona at the Cincinnati Zoo. She has her own page and you can watch her and she's adorable. My my <laughs> wife is a big fan, and that's not something I'm making up. Cincinnati Zoo, Fiona the Hippo. 
Wow. Oh, the hippo. I thought you. I thought you meant Fiona. No, I, I thought that's what he said too. Yeah. Not quite the same size. Not quite. There's a Wired article about hippo ranching. It's a completely true thing. I won't read too much in case you guys do a show about it, but uh, the con- Congress considered it. So yeah, it's a true wow. story. Wow, that is awesome. Wow. All right. Well, let's do All one right. more. Maybe we'll let's dive do one in. more. Hey guys, uh, it's Justin uh, from uh, California. Might want to cut out the part. Uh, I'll beep that for you. The show. Been listening. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe it's been three years now. Uh, yes. Got a buddy of mine in on it's it. Longer than John. Uh, yeah, give What's him up, a shout out for me if you can. His, his dad just passed away, and um, I'm sure he'd love to, to hear from you guys. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, just keep up what you're good doing. Seabot, uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm thinking about you all the time. And uh, shit, in my heart, I'll uh, I'll see you guys around. Keep up the good work. I oh, hate to hear that. Big shout out to you. That is Austin. Hang in there, man. We've uh, uh, both Brent and I have lost our own dads. It's no fun, um, but you know, uh, just keep on keeping on. Yep, That's all you can for do. Sure. I I really thought that guy was going to hit us with some truth though, because he asked us to bleep his name, and I'm like, oh, oh, he's got something. He's got news. Uh, he's got something oh, good. Man. Oh, they're going to transfix on me very quickly. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> I am calling you from the year. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was great. Thanks for the thanks for the shout out. Thanks for the love, and uh, thanks for listening, both you and Austin. Yeah, and while we're on that thanks train, Dan, thank you so much for being back on, and good luck to you and the thank new you. show and everyone. Not only do you listen to Dan, that's your homework. Give him a good review, even if you hate it. Just do it because it's in your heart. <laughs> And remember, remember, you're no longer, according to Apple, we're no longer supposed to subscribe to podcasts. Right. We follow. We follow Dan. Brother. So follow yes, Dan. Yes, follow me. Don't, follow him. Don't subscribe. Follow, follow me around the dark town. shadows with his old lady who's giving him money uh, of the, in, in the house. Right? What was her Follow name? me into restrooms. I'm Mrs. Daniel, <laughs> can you look at the bottom of my coin purse? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I've dropped my checkbook. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, kids. That's been our thoughts on, well, Iceman and Bigfoot and lots and, of things. And hippos and lots of things. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Dan. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bad. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always